This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. Hello and welcome to Broken Front Wings, the F1 podcast on energy sport. I'm Alistair Russell and in the absence of Matthew Henderson this week who is off gallivanting, I'm joined by energy supremo Jack Donnelly. Hello. Delighted to be here. How are you? Fantastic. Looking forward to what will hopefully be a decent race. It's round six of the F1 World Championship from 2021 and we head to Baku in Azerbaijan and for the first time since Germany 2018, Mercedes do not lead the championship. Sets it up nicely, don't we think? Absolutely. No, I think it's definitely put this season into a very competitive perspective after the last after last time out in Monaco, of course, with Max Verstappen winning. Bottas not finishing at all due to that uh, wheel nut catastrophe and Lewis down in was it seventh or sixth he finished in, ending up in I believe it was seventh because seventh I think Sebastian yeah. Vettel finished fifth after jumping him and Pierre yes. Gasly in the uh-huh. you're right so seventh so, and Max obviously won so very very intrigued to see the, the team strategy and what ends up happening uh, come the end of the race on Sunday of course Baku there is a massively long back straight at Baku, and with the flexi-winged debate that we've seen rumbling on, do we think that will make much of a difference? Do you think Red Bull could have the upper hand here? Mercedes press certainly seem to be touting the party line that this is not their race to win. Well, I mean, I think for, for this, for the uh, car build-up that Red Bull have, I think you probably would have to give them a slight edge coming into it, but I mean, given just the calibre of driver that Lewis Hamilton is and Valtteri Bottas can be if he chooses to be on the day <laughs> uh, I still don't think it's going to be a very simple race for Red Bull whatsoever and I think it's going to come down a lot to how they want to approach qualification over Saturday uh, over Friday, Saturday, sorry Of course we've seen races in Baku before Mercedes weren't favourites, I'm thinking 2018 where despite everything they salvaged a victory including mm-hmm. Valtteri Bottas's puncture with three laps to go, so it, it would be unfair to rule Mercedes out, because I think we've ruled them out of potential race wins a lot of times this season, and they've come back from it and demonstrated why they are the world champions and taken the wins against all odds, really. No, absolutely. absolutely. I think we just do kind of seem to forget the fact these are they are a massively dominant force in this sport, and I think any time that someone would want to write them off completely is just a bit naive, almost, in kind of believing that it's the passing of the torch from Hamilton to Verstappen as a true championship leader. I think they're mass- they're going to be competing massively throughout the season. We've seen that already. But I think if people are starting to call it and kind of say that Mercedes are past it now, they are ve- being foolish It would be the word I would use to describe those people. I think foolish is an excellent word to, do, to describe that. Of course, the very nature of Baku is a street circuit. Yes. And the walls are very, very close, which does lead the potential for chaotic races like we've seen in 2017 and indeed 2018. So I think the Baku is either a mental race or a snooze fest. Hoping for the hoping for the former, to be quite honest, hoping for the former. I feel like I, f- I feel like uh, Monaco. It was all right. It, there was there were some interesting moments, but I feel like for the for the majority, it was a fairly tame, uh, fairly tame time on the calendar to be honest uh, from other races we've seen and for the the hype it was drawing so hopefully we see a bit of chaos 
you want to see this time out this weekend? I would definitely like some chaos. Um, and of course, the most successful driver in Baku is Sergio Perez. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I mean, do we expect him to keep that up? I'm not. He's still kind of getting to grips with his Red Bull. I think he's not really showcasing his full ability in that car just yet. I mean, are we expecting him to kind of pick up the pace a little bit more this time out, considering how good he is on this track, I suppose? I would think he would, because it is a track he is very good at and a track he's very comfortable with. So I would suspect that we're going to see him have at least a very strong weekend. Mm. Although, of course, we may have just put the kiss of death on that. Our commentator's cast the massively. Commentator's yeah, absolutely. Now. There's no happening. So what, who, who's winning then? Who's your money on this weekend? Oh, I think... I'll, I'll probably say Verstappen, just because he has been strong right the way throughout this season. Uh, and he's kind of had Hamilton's number on a couple of occasions, most notably in Monaco last weekend. And considering the flexi wing debacle that's kind of been going on, debate that's kind of been going on, uh, I think it does fit Red Bull a lot more than it would Mercedes. So yeah, I'll I'll save Verstappen, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see at least one Mercedes on the podium come the end of the race. I th- I think it's a fairly safe bet we'll see a Mercedes on the podium. I think if it is a mental race, my money for the win. Mazepin. <laughs> He'll make it mental. My money for the win if it's a completely mental race with Mazepin pinging into the barriers <laughs> would be Lando Norris. I don't hate that shout because I'm a Lando Norris fan, but yeah, I think I think he was quoted to say the McLaren is a bit of a rocket just now. I think that's the word he used to describe the car. So he's having a fantastic time. That's um, two podiums now for Norris in five rounds of racing, and that's only his second and third in the sport. So he's been having a fantastic season. It's really, really good to see. And he's outperforming Danny Ricardo when a lot of people kind of thought they would be on level footing this season, considering how good the Australian's been in seasons gone by. I mean, we kind of saw his, like, probably the peak of his talents when he was at Red Bull. I mean, I think he won uh, in Baku, I think, in the first year in 2017. I could be completely wrong with that. It was the second year. Second year. Uh, and then, obviously, Monaco. There was a lot of talk about his win in Monaco last week. So, it's been interesting to see his kind of fall into mid-table obscurity almost, Ricardo, especially underperforming last weekend and qualifying massively. But Norris has just gone from strength to strength and he's genuinely looking to be a real podium contender throughout the season, not just on the odd occasion. I think what will be reassuring for McLaren and Lando Norris fans is that the two podiums they've had this season so far have come on two completely different tracks. Yeah, You'd have to say Imola is slightly more of a power circuit than well, massively more of a power circuit than Monaco was. And yet, Monaco, it was a comfortable podium, and Imola, it was not quite as comfortable as it should have been. No, but... Yeah, he was sitting second, I suppose, and Imola, and then he only lost second because his tyres were fading and Lewis Hamilton was on a much fresher set, and it's Lewis Hamilton and the Mercedes. So I think he was still fairly comfortable and secure in that third place finish, he was regardless. Mightily impressive though, because he did hold Lewis Hamilton off for several laps until he did. Lewis Hamilton just had the momentum and went back past yeah. him. But 
McLaren look very, very strong, and I would be very surprised to see them not have an excellent result at Baku. And of course, we saw in Monaco two weeks ago that McLaren announced a new multi-multi-year contract for Lando Norris. Mm-hmm. Other teams not starting to think about contracts just yet. Red Bull have said they won't be starting to talk about contracts with Sergio Perez until at least the summer break. Could that be the usual Red Bull kiss of death when it comes to contracts? I mean, it does seem to suggest that, but I don't know. I think it's still, you still kind of do have to appreciate that Perez is still only five races into his Red Bull career. And I think we are starting to see him warm up a bit more and kind of push into the top fives more regularly. So I think give give him a good race this week when we see him on a track he's had excellent success on in the past. And I think it might be a different conversation. Because I think if people are starting to kind of think, oh, well, Perez is done at, at Red Bull already because he's not had a podium as of yet, I think that's, again, a little bit foolish because he's a very, very talented driver who people were clamouring for to get this seat come the end of the 2020 season. So I still think he's obviously a fantastic driver and I think he should be all right for at least another year. Interestingly, I saw, I think it was Chain Bear, uh, an F1 YouTuber, did a spreadsheet comparison uh, on the three most recent Red Bull drivers and how they've compared against Max Verstappen. Mm-hmm. in their first few races against each other. Now, this was a couple of races ago. It may not still be as valid mm-hmm. as it was when I first saw it. But interestingly, Sergio Perez has had the worst start out of all of them. Really? In terms of pace to Verstappen and how close he finished to Verstappen in races, which I did not think would be the case. But I after, think you can look, you can look at three it. races of the season, it was the case. You can look at it a couple of ways, though, because this is not the same Verstappen that was racing against Alex Al- racing with Alex Albon or racing with Pierre no, that's Gasly. Very true. This is a much more mature, a much more confident and assured of himself Max Verstappen. A against much more an ex- fired up Max Verstappen as well. And when you think about it, both of those drivers, Albon and Gasly, had a lot more to prove than Perez. Mm. I think because they were young, they were trying to kind of come in loud and make a name for themselves in the sport. Perez is already a well-established name within the sport. So I think I'm not massively surprised to hear that considering not only Verstappen's progression, but the calibre of his uh, teammate. Because I think Perez is probably allowing himself that time to settle into the car, whereas Albon and Gasly both came through the Red Bull Red Bull system. So they will have kind of known what to expect coming into the car and they were hungrier and wanted to make more of a name for themselves as soon as possible. I, th- I think that could be the case, yeah. Sergio Perez, certainly we know what he's capable of Yeah. once he hits the ground running. And the same with Daniel Ricciardo. I think it's imp- important to mention that those two, the teams that they've switched from have unbelievably different car philosophies yeah. to what they've been used to. And the same can be said, of course, of Carlos Sainz's move from McLaren to Ferrari. And I think he's... Arguably my driver of the season so far for he's been fantastic. how quickly he's hit the ground running with Ferrari. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think kind of getting second on the podium in Monaco kind of shows that. I mean, that's already his first podium of however many we don't know this season. The Ferrari is looking a bit better than I think a lot of people will have expected 
at the start of the season and it was tragic that uh, Charles Leclerc was unable to start the race or race at all last weekend considering how good he had done in qualifying granted the red flag brought an end to it rather abruptly to secure his podium uh, podium start but I think the Ferrari has been a bit overlooked and they were kind of overlooked coming into the season I think it was going to be a good pairing a lot of people anticipated a good battle between uh, Leclerc and Sainz but I don't think anyone expected them to be kind of disrupting the rest of the grid as regularly as they have been because it's been really good to see and it was nice to see for McLaren fans of the last few years to see uh, Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz on a podium at the same time their first podium their first podium together I suppose which kind of sparks that whole bromance uh, story back into life I suppose it was very wholesome I think the secret I think it's hardly a secret if you look at their social medias to Carlos Sainz's success at Ferrari has been they have given him a massive testing programme. Mm. It certainly seems every available opportunity he is at Fiorano with the 2018 Ferrari, which, although the car philosophies now and the rule changes and everything are massively different to what they were in 2018, it's still useful because it gets you used to the car, the feel of the car, the systems of the car, and how the team operates. And Ferrari have the ability to do that, whereas McLaren and other teams don't really have that opportunity because, mm. of course, they don't own their own city centre racetrack. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. This is very true. And, well, speaking of contracts, I discovered an interesting stat the other day. I believe it was courtesy of Autosport, put it up on their Instagram page. Lewis Hamilton's first teammate was Fernando Alonso for one season. Lewis Hamilton's second teammate was Heike Kovalainen for two seasons. Lewis Hamilton's third teammate was Jensen Button for three seasons. Lewis Hamilton's fourth teammate was Nico Rosberg for four seasons. Lewis Hamilton's fifth teammate is Valtteri Bottas, who is in his fifth season with Mercedes. Is George Russell the coming? <laughs> well, I mean, judging by Finnish airport uh, restrictions, I, be- <laughs> I believe he definitely could have been. Uh, yeah, for anyone that wasn't aware, Valtteri Bottas is currently in Finland. He has not been able to travel to Baku as of yet. He had to do his press conference today in an airport lounge. I think they just had to wheel up a bit of a advertiser screen behind them and do it over Zoom. So I think reports, reports are already circulating that it was a problem with one of the airplane wheels uh, just kind of sums up Valtteri's season. <laughs> the irony. The, uh, that, that is probably completely falsified. I have no idea what the issue was. It just would be very, very fitting following um, the Monaco race. But there, there was rumours of that kind of midweek call from Toto Wolff to George Russell to have him in a Mercedes this weekend. But I think Valtteri is going to be there for the race in the end. I, th- I, I think Valtteri will be there this weekend, certainly for the rest of the season. What do we... It certainly looks like it's going to be now or never for Mercedes after this season to put George Russell in that car I think and prepare so. for the post-Hamilton yeah. era, which is which is a coming, unfortunately. It's a coming, but I think one argument that I've kind of had with a couple of friends is, is it a post-Hamilton era with George Russell 
or is it a Hamilton era with a Hamilton era with George Russell? Because I could see him if he does get the world championship this season, I could potentially see him retiring at eight, and then and then Russell could potentially take his place. I I wouldn't be surprised to do that. He certainly he's only signed a one year deal. Yeah, he only signed season. a year, yeah, and, he and I think he said it's very, too early, very late on in the season as well. Yeah. He said, I think he also said it was too early to start talking about the future. He's still waiting to see what he wants to do uh, come the end of this season. So I don't. there's definitely not a guarantee that we'll see Hamilton in a seat for 2022. It's also been... He has also been, for the first time in a number of years actually, Lewis Hamilton has been taking part in tyre testing. Pirelli have been doing a multitude of testing with all the teams testing out the new 18-inch rims, which will be coming to the sport next year with the regulation change and testing out prototype compounds. And Lewis Hamilton has actually taken part in that, which would suggest to me he is interested mm. in sticking around if he's wanting to actually test the new tyres. Yeah, very true. But I suppose at this point, you can kind of just expect Lewis Hamilton to do whatever he wants within the sport. I that don't really think true. there's many outcomes that Lewis Hamilton will not do what he wants, and the most risk, and not not in a diva-ish way, if you get what I mean. I think he's just at the point in his career where he can just kind of decide what he wants to do because he's going to be involved in the motor in motorsport probably for the rest of his life in some capacity, and it's just kind of down to him whether he wants to keep I think he's, he's almost like Kimmy at this point because he'll probably just be doing it for a hobby <laughs> and he could probably just retire whenever he wants to but we'll just need to wait and see when that day comes but I suppose tyre testing does indicate that he is at least thinking about coming back for another year next year Well it would be interesting to see certainly with all the massive rule changes coming in next year that is all we have time for t- on today's preview programme we hope you will enjoy the race this weekend. We hope it's a good one. And you will hear from us again on Sunday evening with the Race Review Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.